Welcome to Team Perry's Step Out of Line podcast, featuring co-hosts Perry and Lori Finkelstein. Together, they explore, meet, and share inspirational stories with guests who have made a positive impact in today's world. This podcast resonates with our hope to make this world a better place one step at a time through love, acceptance, and uplifting conversations. Jay Glazer, who is very big with the NFL, um, very big apparently in the sports world. We are baseball fans, specifically Met fans, so we've never had the pleasure of encountering you we're not into the NFL football, but we're very interested in meeting you regardless because we are sports people and we get it. So we wanted to find out um, a little bit more about what you do and how did you get into this business? What Were you a football player as a young kid and that's what gave you the love of football and the NFL? So maybe we could start with that and find out how you got there. Well, first of all, I can. I'm honored to be here. Anytime I could be in the presence of somebody who um, goes after things and realizes that, you know, what makes you different could actually lead to success. I love doing that. Oh. And so I'm honored to be here. And like I started in, in covering the, the Giants in 1993. First friend I ever had was Michael Strahan. We met, man, first day on the job. And man, we've become brothers ever since. And you always have to, you know, for me, I, I rely on my relationships a lot. Um, but I, all the way back then, I walked in the giant locker room. The biggest media members in the world were all there in New York. And I said, well, I can't beat them at what they're doing. How could I be different? So that's really kind of been the theme for my whole career and life uh, is how could I be different? And, you know, I've covered the NFL now since 93. Now I'm my 17th or 18th year, I forget, um, at Fox NFL Sunday with uh, myself, Howie Long, Terry Bradshaw, Jimmy Johnson, Michael Strahan, and Kurt Menefee. And that's a, a football family for me, which I love them. Um, they are, man, they're, they're, I say we're family. Family comes in a, in a lot of different forms and doesn't always have to be blood. Uh, they are family. Um, we've been best man at each other's weddings oh. and a lot of weddings. Uh, godfather of our children. Uh, it's, it's been really great. Um, Throughout that also, um, we got inducted in the Television Hall of Fame last year or two years ago, which uh, for me, I'm like, I'm a kid from Jersey. I still can't believe I'm still waiting to wake up in fifth grade. None of this, none of this stuff has happened. So I've, I've made my career breaking news in the NFL. I've branched out now, um, mixed martial arts, uh, coach people. I host now for Bellator. Uh, mixed martial arts. I have a um, charity called MVP, Merging Vets and Players. We're trying to put together former combat vets, former athletes who are struggling in the transition. I have a performance center in LA called Unbreakable. I was on a TV show as an actor this year for the last five years called Ballers. So I'm kind of, my my ADD like leads me to go do a whole bunch of things. Uh, so I don't let it hold me down. I, let, I use it to my advantage. And, uh, you know, that's why I like being around people like you, you're not letting well, your situation hold you down. You're using it to, for an advantage. I get offered to do a million podcasts and a million radio shows, a million TV shows. But when I got your request and I and you came out there and showed me how different you were, I was like, wow, I'm 
I'm going to learn something from her by going on with her. I'm going to be honored to go on that show. Wow. That's so amazing. So Jay, we, we first heard of you, like really heard of you when we were interviewing Haley Page and we were looking at a bunch of her gowns and this is gorgeous gown. It's stunning. It's beautiful. And he said, yeah, you know, she said, you know, this is the glazer gown. And we said, oh, that's so cool. How did you think of that name? So my big question, you're a big guy, very manly football player, NFL. You have these big football player friends. How did you get a wedding gown named after you? Hey, I'm in touch with my feminine side. I know. I want to hear the that. feminist in the world. You it's a really pretty gown. Yeah, it's, so. pretty it's a beautiful gown, right, Barry? And it's a power knit fabric, also the glazer fabric. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Again, we're always looking about how can we do different. Uh, Haley and I are really, really, really close friends. And uh, one day we kind of came up with this idea. I was like, you know, it would really tick my friends off if I had my own wedding gown. <laughs> it would really upset The Rock and Strahan and all these people. If I had my own wedding gown, she's like, what a great idea. So she makes me my own gown. She posts it. And sure enough, everything you could hope for, bam, The Rock posting right away. Please, Haley, please, please. You seem like a nice girl. Do not give him his own you know, wedding gown. And then Strahan starts getting on me. And you know, where, wherever I go, um, I'm always trying to bring the fun. You know, you got to laugh. No matter what in life, you have to laugh. So this, uh, I was able to get a laugh, but also out of it, yeah, I got a great wedding gown named after me. That's so funny. It's, it's funny because she actually did a gown, a Perry gown. Oh, um, you're kidding me. But not, not it's a Perry, yeah. different spelling, but she told Perry she was going to send her a sketch. I guess when um, the whole thing is over with quarantine and getting back to the studio, a sketch of that she had made of the gown, which would be awesome. And um, she's also very into Fleetwood Mac songs. And Perry's uh, middle name is Rhiannon, which is after Fleetwood Mac songs. So, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, we felt some kind of connection with that. So, um, yeah. Hey, I want to interview you for a second. Perry, uh, how have you dealt with the COVID? Um, in the whole way, I'm in a quarantine one way or another. You know, between the last mask I had. life you always say like don't try and figure life out it'll drive you crazy 
right? But it's, it's how we look at things. It's what we could learn from each other. And there is, there, there's beauty everywhere. It's really yeah. a beautiful world if you, if you open your eyes up. And this just here meeting you is beautiful for me. Oh, so, so Jay, we're talking about stepping out of line. And as I mentioned to you, Perry has raised over $600,000 with her team for Children of High Lifeline, which is the charity wow. money for. $600,000? Yes. And it's been oh my God. 11 years. This will be Perry's 10th year coming up of running in the marathon, assuming it doesn't get canceled, which we're assuming it's going to go through, hopefully. And what Perry does is I push her um, through about mile 11 in the marathon, and then we get her out of her jogging stroller, which is like a special needs jogging stroller, and then she goes in her walker, which is a gait trainer, and she tries to walk the last mile, mile and a half, and, and we have a fantastic time. We have so much fun. We have friends who do it with us. We have Nelson Figueroa, who's a teammate, who's been doing it for five years. This will be his fifth year. We have so much fun doing it, and we raise a lot of money for kids, and Perry pushes herself. She's had to open up herself to people telling about her situation that she's in, how it's like to be her, because unless you are willing to open up your heart and yourself, nobody really understands what you go through. So in your, in your world, in your life, how have you stepped out of line? And if you don't mind sharing with all of us, because I know it's very personal, how, um, how you stepped out of line and how this has affected you, you know, good or bad. I'll, I'll, I'd love to talk about that. And what you do, Perry, I, I try and, you know, we have this charity. I'm constantly trying to teach people about be proud of their scars, right? Use their scars. My scars are what makes me different. And again, different is good. Different leads to success. You're different. And that's why you're successful. That's why you've raised $600,000. That's incredible what you've done. Um, and for me, I'm an open book. Like I know, uh, like I suffer from severe depression and anxiety, have my entire life, always living in the gray. And I talk about it. I, I talk about it openly to help others. I have a big platform to help others um, to show that they're not alone and show there's nothing wrong with it. Um, my depression pushes me to be successful, pushes me too far and hard a lot of the times. Um, but again, I always kind of look at it like this makes me different. You know, my scars, whenever I go and it's interesting, I, I talk to our, our people um, and I don't talk about, I've trained over a thousand athletes in mixed martial arts, uh, fighters, championship fighters, football players, you name it. I've been in there with them, trained them, uh, done well myself for things, but I always talk about, uh, man, I've ruptured my L4, L5, S1, four times. I've ruptured my L1, L2 twice. I've herniated C2, 3, 4, 5. I've broken this six times. I've dislocated this. I've torn this. I've broken that. I lead with my scars. The scars are what makes me, um, scars and the vulnerability what makes me special, not the highlights. That's a, that's a really interesting way to look at things because I agree with you, everybody's different. Everybody has scars, whether they're on the inside or the outside, or sometimes dead. And you can't run away from them because they're there. Mm -hmm. it's, so much, it's so much easier to hide them, but it's so much, you get so much more out of life when you're just mm -hmm. there. Perry always mm -hmm. says she wants to 
people to see her as a person first and then her disability is just a part of her. It doesn't, it's not all of her. And I know sometimes when people meet somebody with a physical disability, you know, they pull away their children, don't look, don't say anything. You know, we've had such odd reactions that we get used to. And, you know, if somebody would come up to somebody and say, you know, what is that? You know, you're using a machine to breathe with. What does that mean? How does that feel? You know, she, she talks to them, especially kids. Sometimes I want to know immediately. Yeah. We have a lot of amputees in our foundation and one woman, Kirstie Ennis, uh, who's lost her leg. She's had uh, 45 surgeries, um, fractured, which you, uh, seven vertebrae, five amputations now of her leg. And little kids are always, you know, people are always staring at her and the kids will just walk up and say, oh, what's that? And we love it. Kirsty lights up when that happens. I light up when people come over and talk to her about it. And that's what, again, this is what makes us different. Right? Being a, a regular face in the crowd, that's not for me. Right. It's not for you, right? That's not what we were destined for. Did you, how did you start this foundation? Like what gave you the idea of this is something that you need to do, not just want to do, but you need to do it? For my own depression, I have to, uh, I've got to be of service to other people. Um, it helps me out daily. So I've always had, this is my fourth charity. This one really got legs because it was military and um, it just, um, I, I had done one for, for children who were, um, who with disabilities, it was called Touchdown Dreams. I did that for a while. Um, did something else where we got letters that were sent to Santa Claus when I was living in the city and went and picked them up and, and, uh, and fulfilled what these little kids uh, that were in a bad areas in New York were, were wishing for and went and delivered them on Christmas Eve with a whole bunch of other people. We just started doing that. I tried to start a foundation in New York City where getting jobs for homeless people. Like I've always done things, but this year with the vets and the players, it was natural. Um, being in MMA, I've gotten to train troops all over the world. Uh, being in football, I've seen so many players retire and just get lost afterwards. And I, I, I got a big voice. God blessed me with the ability to communicate. So, uh, and uh, to use my heart the right way. So I wanted to do that to try and, you know, help these people and, and, and save people who, um, who deserve to, who really deserve to be reminded of that their greatness wasn't the uniform, but what lies behind the ribcage. Hmm. Now you started your career as a writer. Yeah. Would you prefer writing or being in front of the camera? Television, television. No, no, no. My ADD crushes me with the writing. Right. But I was doing anything I could to make, you know, to, I, mean, I was living in New York City uh, and it took me uh, over 10 years to get a full-time job. So yeah, television paid better. <laughs> it, it, it allowed me to get out of some of those really bad areas. Wow. And you're, you're doing television, you're on shows right now, like you mentioned, Ball is running on a few others. Would you rather play yourself? Because sometimes you're playing yourself and sometimes you're playing a character. Would you rather- I'm always playing, even the acting roles I get, I'm always playing myself. I think as I'm such a character, they're like, we don't need to make them anybody else. Every, all, just about every act, every, Every role except for one, I've been myself, um, and not even like a heightened version of myself. I'm that, I'm that crazy out there. Yeah, so I have that much fun. It's been it's been great though. Is there anything that you want to do, uh, TV wise, or you know something like that, acting wise, that you haven't done yet? 
probably like a host a late night talk show. Something like that. People laugh. I talk from the heart. Um, I am, uh, you know, I, I, I enjoy the motivational speaking end of things. I'm writing a book right now that uh, is going to come out next year, Father's Day, where it's kind of like um, almost a, a self-help book for the everyday dude, where I'm trying to get the everyday person to be more vulnerable and understand that this isn't the strength. It's the vulnerability that makes you strong. And especially in today's day, when we talk about mental health, I'm really trying to be uh, a powerful voice for, for those in the mental health world. So what is your best advice for somebody who needs to do something to get out of their own mind and to try to help others? What should they do? Is there a, is there a website that they can contact your family no, no, to you get involved? Figure out in your own heart. Like I, when I started the first couple, I was broker than broke living in New York. I was just like, now, you'll know what, what speaks to you. you know, if working with children speaks to you, call a local hospital, ask how you can help. Look online of local, um, you know, local charities or foundations that help children. Uh, brainstorm. You know, we all have a certain amount of, we all know how to do research because we went to school, right? So we can figure that out. Right. Um, if it's veterans, call veterans foundations. Look it up. Um, cold call. It's just you want your own thing, see who you could help out. Um, I literally started, like I said, I would, um, even like for me, I'll, I'll, one of the basic things I did, I, I went to the 99 cent store. And I do this with my son all the time. I go to the 99 cent store and buy like essentials, like soap, toothbrush, toothpaste, handy wipes, band-aids, things like that. And I put together these little like gift bags and go out, my son and I will, we'll bring out 10 of them or 20 of them to homeless people and just try to give them a, uh, you know, a bag of essentials, if you will, that anything that the more you could be of service to others uh, and, and live a life of gratitude, the better life is going to be for us. Your son is very lucky to have you for a father. Oh, I'm lucky to have him. How old is he? 17. Oh, wow. Right. What does he want to do? Football. Of course. <laughs> Wonder where he got that from. Uh, I, I would like him to do the other end, like what you're doing. He said, Dad, I want to go raise $600,000 for a foundation. Right. For a charity. I'd be like, that, we're talking, son. <laughs> so Perry did have a lot of help um, from, you know, her teammates. But Perry has been the inspiration. So Perry has guided us to get to this point where we could do that. And it's funny. I'm sure you think also, no matter how much you do, it's never enough. It's always like, I want more, I want to do more. But, but it is. Like, that's one of the things I also had to, you're right, it's great that you guys bring that up. I had to check myself. Because um, if you're always thinking it's not enough, not enough, not enough, you're never going to be happy. So you work better from a place of happiness and satisfaction than you do if you're always thinking it's not enough, it's not enough, it's not enough. So I'm going to tell you, Perry, love yourself up. Be proud of yourself. Understand what you've done to help others. And, um, you know, taking your situation and you didn't hide from it. Instead, you use it to empower other people. You are a blessing and you should love yourself up for that. Always like meeting gangsters like you, Perry. <laughs>